Brad and Glenda Pius. Thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. My name is David Negrutman. My name is Scott Kahn. And welcome to Morning Drive Bible. David, we've had eight episodes dealing with the serious and not at all funny topic of abortion. Correct. And the approach of the Bible, the approach of Jewish law in general. And so far, we've come up with no definitive answers except to say that a fetus is neither part of the mother's body exclusively nor an independent life exclusively. It's both somewhere in the middle. It's a complicated situation. Because I am very much on the pro-life side of the aisle... And I am cognizant there are sources out there within rabbinic literature that will argue more on a pro-choice when it comes to certain circumstances of the emotional sensitivity to a a mother dealing with uh, her pregnancy and what that will turn out to be. I just want to add another wrench into the argument, which is, even if you say that this is not a full human being, the idea that you can actually harm yourself. Let's go from the point of view of the pro-choice argument, that it's my body, and I can do whatever I want. That's certainly where the pro-choice argument usually comes from. Correct. We've seen a term within Talmudic literature that says, yes, when it comes to a particular case, then it is part of the woman. But to volunteer to do an abortion— that doesn't have medical issues related to it, seems to also violate, from a Jewish law perspective, simply that you can't harm yourself. You can't intentionally harm yourself because you want it feels good. Yeah, in an earlier podcast, you mentioned that in Jewish law, we believe very strongly that one's body does not belong to a person. One's body belongs to God, which is why, among other reasons, suicide is not allowed. It's not your choice to kill yourself. Your body belongs to God. Your life belongs to God. And in the same way, to undergo a dangerous medical procedure—I'm not talking about abortion necessarily, but to undergo any dangerous medical procedure— I mean, Jewish law even deals with the issue of cosmetic surgery. That's exactly what I was thinking about. To go undergo voluntary cosmetic surgery, it's not that Jewish law would say that's not allowed, but it's not simple that one can simply do whatever one wants at any given time. One must consult an authority in Jewish law— if one is putting yourself in danger before doing something like that, and perhaps assuming that abortion is not dealing with threat of life or limb, then in that case, then we're talking about something which may not be allowed, simply because it's not your body to decide. This is where Jewish law, even those who believe in a pro-choice approach, would take issue with the philosophy behind the pro-choice approach. Right. So when I go back to the whole Ben Shapiro argument, there is a governing principle when it comes to the issue of abortion. And that governing principle either will be greater society should not be doing this from a Genesis chapter 9, verse 6 point of view, if you read it according to, you read the scripture according to how I interpret it, that the courts are by natural law required to ensure that life continues. And then we'll deal with the debate in Exodus as far as is this a full-fledged human being or not a full-fledged human being. But if you put that to a sign and just deal with the person themselves— You are not allowed to wound yourself. Now put that into the context of a baby that is a living, breathing, I would say baby, you would say fetus, but a life force within you. What gives one the right to terminate the pregnancy if the mother's life is not in danger? Now Jewish law will say that, first of all, you're right. You can't just get a drive-by abortion because you feel like it 
or you just don't want this child and that's all there is to say about it. When Jewish law does allow abortion, and there are times, as we both agree, the Jewish law does allow or even mandate abortion if the mother's life is in danger, there are times when we describe that phrase, mother's life in danger, in a much broader sense than is normally assumed. When we talk about serious, serious mental stress and distress, that can sometimes be subsumed under the heading of putting the mother's life in danger. So there can be... For example, if someone unfortunately was raped and through that incident was pregnant, the emotional turmoil from that pregnancy is considered into Jewish law. Right. And I'm glad you said it is considered in Jewish law. It still requires one to speak to an authority about it, but that is an important factor or another important factor in a God forbid situation where a baby is tested genetically and found that this baby will not live more than a year or two, the baby will not survive. Once again, there are authorities who in that situation will say the pain and the mental distress is so acute that for a parent to know their child is going to die in a couple of years, if it weren't for the sake of the pain, that's not a reason to abort the baby. The fact that the baby has this genetic deformity, but the fact that the baby is going to die and there's going to be tremendous stress to the parents sometimes can be considered threat to the mother's life. And that, therefore, the baby the could be aborted. That's the liberal then. argument within the Orthodox Jewish law world that maybe one would consider such a position. But if you go to the conservative side of the spectrum, they would actually say to you, you would never get the test in the first place to find out if there's any genetic issues related to your child. You're going to have to trust in God and be what it may as far as what the child is going to go through. And I want to mention offhand, there was an article put out by a journalist for The Forward, a Jewish newspaper and online publication. Her name is Avital Chiza Goldschmidt, and she put out a very, very well-received and important article several months ago. You can go to her Twitter page. It's actually pinned at the top, uh, last I checked. And she talks about cases of women. She interviewed women anonymously who went through abortions, who spoke to rabbis for them, and for various reasons. These are people who got abortion either with or without rabbinic sanction, but often religious women, religious Jewish women who received abortions for various reasons where they were in distress. Sometimes the distress could be, like, for example, a baby with Tay-Sachs disease or various other genetic problems which will not allow it to live, and sometimes not that at all, things that are completely different. It's certainly worth reading to see the more liberal strand within Orthodox Judaism. Correct. I think this is all we have time for, We didn't Scott. mention a single biblical or rabbinic source this time. I know, David, I know. Okay. But there's a lot to talk about here. Correct. It's certainly worthwhile. I'm Scott Kahn. I'm David Nekrutman. Blessings from Jerusalem.